WRW is Port Huron Northern's Top 40 Stakes here with the Felix and Tim Sports Show. For all of your commercial and residential needs, call Woman and Sons Construction at 810-385-9377. Again, that is 810-385-9377. Or visit them at 4104 Bonnesteel Road. Woo! We're live. That was really loud. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It was pretty loud on mine, at least. We're back. This Another is like, Thursday. This is like episode Groundbreaking. four. This is like it four, is. right? Yeah. Episode four. I think our third in a row. Yeah, we're doing pretty good on it right now. And I mean, if you guys like us going, you know, back to back to back like this every week. It's not happening. Yeah, it's not going to happen because next week is Thanksgiving. Next week, Thanksgiving. And none of you guys would be listening on Thanksgiving anyway. And plus, I don't even think we can get into school on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving so. Day, one of my favorite holidays. It's and honestly my favorite, too. Honestly, P.S. to all you people looking forward to Christmas, hey, let's just wait. Yeah, seven more days. You can, yeah, then seven you more can days. rave about Christmas all you want. You just, just shut up and eat your dinner Thanksgiving night. And literally after, after you eat the turkey... You can start talking about Christmas decorations and getting a Christmas tree. But I'm I'm seeing videos of people putting up Christmas trees, and I'm a little angry. Yeah, see, I don't – we don't do that. Honestly, I think last year, I think we set up our Christmas tree on, like, like December 20th. <laughs> yeah. We, we bought, like, the last tree at uh, whatever, Home Depot, and I think it was just me and my mom. We literally just walked in, grabbed the last tree in the entire lot, hung it up, like, the day before – and that's just how we do it because, you know, my birthdays usually fall on Thanksgiving. And then if it's not my birthday, then it's usually my mom's birthday that falls on Thanksgiving. And so, you know, we're usually celebrating that. We go Black Friday shopping, you know, stuff like that. Pretty sure the Lions play on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, you, you, yeah, you won't be listening to our radio show anyway because the Lions game will probably be on. So you'll be watching the Lions game. You'll be with family. Enjoy your day next Thursday. Be safe. We won't be here. Yeah, be safe on the roads. Black we'll be Friday. Busy. Yeah, Black Friday, too. I'll be out there, so if you want to, like, stop and talk we're to def- me. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not figures yet. No, we're not. But, you know, maybe someday. No one was going to recognize us by our voices. No. Because, you, you know, I people say I have a face for radio. It's because I'm ugly. But, yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, Tim's birthday's on Thanksgiving. We'll give him a little applause. <laughs> First of all, you couldn't even hear your feelings. Okay, how old are you? My birthday is actually on Monday. I thought you said it was on Thanksgiving. It usually falls on Thanksgiving. Okay, sorry. It's on Monday. It'll still be before our next show. I'll be turning 18. I'll be legal for a lot of things. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Let's just get into sports. That's terrible. Okay, so first off, we're going to lead off with the Red Wings here, and then we'll go on to the Pistons and then the Lions. But first off, the Red Wings will start off with the schedule. Uh, this past week, they were at Calgary against the Blue Jackets at home, then against the Flames at home. And they did okay. I predicted it. I, I said 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Yeah, no, and that was a good That was a good. They uh, went 1-1-1. One, one, one. That was actually pretty impressive, the fact that you even did that. But um, we started off the week with a loss to the Flames, and that was 6-3. to It was in Calgary. Mrazic ended up with 28 saves and a .848 save percentage with five goals allowed. Anthony Mantha came out with a goal and two assists and a negative two plus minus, so obviously he didn't help much out there. 
plus minus wise, he was just unlucky. Um, just says forty two shots. Yeah, the Detroit had okay. forty two shots. Detroit had so forty two shots. That's like a little positive okay. there. Yeah, that was obviously that's a good thing. It was just good goaltending from you know Calgary. They came still out six there. to three. Uh, obviously six to three, but you know forty two shots. That's not too bad. Only let in three goals. Yeah. But Mrazek, obviously rough night. Can't you can't blame him on that. Obviously. He's He's just had a rough start this season. He has the only shutout for Detroit, but you know, still he's not doing so hot. It's like two, three, and yeah, he he's one. just it's just consistency in Detroit, and no one's consistent. I mean, I don't know, like the point. Some of the point leaders are consistent, but other than that, there's really no one that Detroit can really lean on right now. No. Then we have against the Blue Jackets at home, lost two to one shootout. Um, Howard had 31 saves at the point nine six nine save percentage. One goal is allowed. That's good. Uh, Andre Anthonasiu had one goal. He had the only goal the in the game. The- and then basically this game was just, you know, it was a one-to-one game. And uh, Detroit scored in the third. Columbus scored early in the first. And then it went to a nine-round shootout, which Columbus ended up coming up out, uh, coming out on top. So it was a good game, honestly. So, I mean, yeah, it's it was just, a good game. You know, we played a good team. We lost a good game where we fought hard and almost got the win, but hey, at least we got one point. And then against the Flames, um, at home, I think it was last night. Yeah, it was last night. Um, they won eight to two. Mantha with two goals, one assist, with a plus one rating. Uh, Anthony CU, two goals, one assist, plus one. Larkin, one goal, two assists, plus three rating. Other than you know, that was better than the last game against the Flames where he had one assist and negative four plus minus. Yeah, they definitely came back on that one. Green had three assists, and then Howard had 26 saves, .929 save percentage, and two goals allowed. So I think kind of with this last week, I mean, these past two games, it just kind of seems like throughout the season, like Howard's just been like the proven starter. Yeah. And, I mean, he's definitely earned the right to. It's not just us saying, oh, yeah, Howard just – you know, he's just a better goalie. He just has better experience. It's actually Howard going out and performing this season. He's still playing at about a 500 record. The wings are 500, but he's still, you know, being the more consistent goalie. His save percentage has been in the point nines, you know, throughout. He's only given up these past two games. I mean, he gave up one against the Blue Jackets and, you know, besides the shootout, and then he gave up two against Calgary in a game where they put up eight goals. So, I mean, Howard's just playing, I think, better hockey right now, and he's your definite starter. Maybe not throughout the season because Detroit has that option to switch up. Yeah, but, but we'll, we'll see. But I would say the main thing to come away with this Flames game, this was definitely a confidence booster. You got multiple players with, you know, three-plus points, great plus, or great plus minus. They're just doing great on that. Jimmy Howard came away with another win. Obviously, that's great for him. But the the major problem with this game was was a little scuffle at the end of the game. It was in like the last six minutes. This yeah. this um, we'll we'll, this we'll just talk about that you know towards the end. We'll yeah. we'll focus on that we'll later because it. it was pretty important. That's a big storyline there for Detroit and could result in some you know punishment from the league. And which definitely won't help considering one of the top tier players on the team and Anthony Mantha could have a little bit of yeah he could have a little bit of issues with the league after this but but next week we have the sabers avalanche and oilers all at home we're playing the sabers who are five nine and four and their top points point getters i guess you can call them 
Evander Kane has 10 goals, 8 assists, 18 points. And then Jack Eichel, 5 goals, 11 assists, 16 points. And so with the Avalanche, we they are 8-7-1. Their top point scorer, point scorer is Nathan McKinnon with 5 goals, 10 assists, and 15 total points. And their goalie, Semy- Semyon Varlamov, with a 3.18 goals allowed average and uh, .908 save percentage. I think that's somewhere that we can get on the Avalanche is just by scoring goals. I think Varlamov used to be, you know, he's a, a pretty good goalie, but he's now he's just kind of like you wouldn't expect it, but he's kind of like fading back. He's kind of fading out. And the Avalanche is well, doing I, the same thing with their season. The Avalanche started off literally one of the hottest teams in hockey, but now they're 8-7-1, and one, so I would they're have barely to say, over 500. Yeah, I would agree with you on the Varlamov point, but the thing is, is he can be – it's it's not that he's always cold, but, like, he can be a hot, cold goalie. So, like, when he's hot, he's hot, and when he's cold, he's obviously cold. And, you know, that shows in the record. But, mm-hmm. you know, he'll have games where he'll get 50-plus saves. And it's a crazy – he's a crazy, crazy goalie. But, you know, and then when other times he just gets cold and then he'll let in, like, five or six. Yeah. And you can't – And then – uh, next up, we'll be playing the Oilers. Seven, nine, and two is their record. You know, not really showing. Once I read off these stats, Connor McDavid with nine goals, thirteen assists, twenty-two points, one of the league's Phenomenal. top point getters there. And then uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins with eight goals, six assists, fourteen points. And then from your own Red Wings, um, we have Anthony Mantha with nineteen points, Larkin with eighteen points, and Mike Green with seventeen points. Goals: Mantha has ten points, Nyquist or ten goals. Sorry. Gustav Nyquist has six point or six goals, and Franz Nielsen has six goals as well. And then assists, Mike Green leads with 16 assists, Dylan Larkin with 15, and Anthony Mantha with nine. Then the team stats, the power play and the penalty kill are both very good. The power play yeah. is 23.7%, which is sixth in the league, and then the penalty kill is 84.3%, which is tied for seventh in the league. And so those are both really positive things. It's almost it's kind of like your special teams in the NFL. If that can be good, that can it can possibly be a game changer. It's not the power play and penalty kill isn't going to win you every single game, but it's definitely a huge part. You know, especially if you take say a big penalty or something and you have to kill it off. It's nice to have those great special teams players. Um, it no. doesn't define your game, but I think it's a great you know it's a part to it's a part that needs to be good. I definitely think they're doing great in those aspects of the game. It's really helping them in the long run when it comes to, you know, killing off penalties and scoring on power plays. And I don't know. It's great. I think they're doing good. Um, so do you want to do a – how do you think they're going to do in this three-game oh, spread? Uh, yeah, Sabres, Avalanche, Oilers. So they beat the Sabres, I think, in regulation. So they pick up the two points there. Uh, they beat the Avalanche. I'll say it's either okay. I'm gonna say two and one, and they either they win lose to the Avalanche or Oilers. It's either or. I don't know, but I'm gonna say two and one. Yeah, I'm just gonna go straight to two and one. They're gonna lose to the Oilers. Connor McDavid is gonna have a lights out game. He's a phenomenal player. He's definitely. It honestly one of the depends top on tape. who Detroit starts, because well, yeah. Goalies, we don't even know who they're going to start from night to night. Yeah, that's true. So but I still think Connor McDavid can torch literally any goalie in this league. I think giving him a good night. Maybe I think this is the team that he's going to have a good night. I think against. maybe Mrazek should start against the Sabers and then Jimmy Howard for the Avalanche and Oilers. Because I mean, Mrazek yeah. can pick up the win against sort of a weaker Sabers team, which they've always been. And then Obviously Howard goes again, back yeah. in. You know, Howard gets a game of rest there because he's played the last two. 
then he goes in against the Avalanche and Oilers to compete. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of a smart way to play it. Yeah, start Mrazek first game, and then you could probably also almost sit him for – or no, you could probably also sit Jimmy for the Avalanche game. I don't know if I'd do that. It's, you know, it's – it's basically how they're. I wouldn't even want to test Howard, or I wouldn't even want to test Morazic. I would with test how Howard's like playing. That. I would test Morazic like that. Yeah, but why? Because you can give him. Well, obviously he's going to need to be in like top shape against the Oilers, because they're a way better, higher yeah. scoring team than the. But Avalanche. I mean, he still wants to get out there and play. Well, yeah, obviously, but like you can give him a longer break so he can go out for even longer than you know two games. Yeah, but every single one of three. these games are like three, four, you know, two, three, four days of rest in between. Yeah, that's true. Unless it's a whole, unless it's a day a day's rest i mean or i just, wouldn't i'd yeah, play him both. i would say just see how mrazic does if he's doing really good i obviously just play him until he i i wouldn't howard's yeah. been your consistent starter well, i know but stick you know, with howard if mrazic's doing good in the first game why not play in the second yeah but i mean if howard, howard's just playing good the whole season yeah that's yeah then you know play him the whole season who cares they're they both have like the exact same record it's just well like the same percentage wise record if you're yeah. looking at it. So it, they're not really that big of a difference in goalies. So play who's hot well, it's at just, the time. It's just Howard's played more, yeah, and I just whatever. think he's proven himself more. Whatever. We're going to talk about the after the afterwards um, brawl, as we like to call it, against the Flames last night. And this happened with uh, within the last six minutes of the game. So, Which is it, surprising. Yeah, it was, it was 6-2 to two at the time. Yeah, and if anyone, if anyone logically, if you'd think – like you know, anyone starting this fight is Calgary. They're down six to two. It no, it was Witkowski, Luke Witkowski from the Red Wings. He decided to fight uh, Brett Kulak after a little extra behind the play. Witkowski didn't like it, so he fought him and won the fight respectively. So after he was stunned on the ground, he actually like picked up his jersey and like slammed him a couple times. Yeah, just gave him a little him right on the ice. Yeah, he didn't have a helmet on. He knocked him down a couple times. The bench didn't like that at all. So on Wit- his way out of the game. Well, Wachowski, Wachowski originally went to the penalty box just for a fighting major. Yeah. But I think the refs like got together and decided like, well, okay, yeah, we was, need to eject him because play. that little it was cheap. Yeah, it the was little cheap. shove at the end of the fight. So as they're just skating with him, you know, escorting him off, he's then he's talking to the bench, you know, the Calgary bench, which I think you know Calgary kind of has the right to do. Like, hey, they didn't like it. That was a cheap yeah. play. They didn't. It was agree a cheap it play. Why yeah. are you fighting? Like, yeah, exactly. we're, you're literally winning six to two. Let's just go and get on the road again. They went over it. They and went overboard. And, yeah. Then Wikowski comes like back. He's talking to the bench too. He turns around from walking out of bound or walking onto the into the uh, whatever, the, the locker room. Yeah. He turns around, which you know is right next to the Calgary bench. Turns around. And he starts. He picks a fight with them too. Yeah, he basically just reaches out and grabs a jersey yeah. over the benches. And then the camera can't even catch it all. You got Mantha, who just instantly picks out a guy who was... He tackles him straight. Yeah, who was like Travis Hamonic. Hem- yeah. Um, he picks him out and starts just fighting with him. And then uh, they escort... They escorted uh, Witkowski right off the ice. He was Mantha, gone. Mantha he was, was gone next. before this whole brawl. Yeah. Mantha, they got him off the ice. Mantha got kicked next. Uh, they were both. They both ended up with um, uh, whatever it is. Tons of penalty minutes. Yeah, tons of penalty minutes. Wachowski got like two major or like two game misconducts. He ended both up with thirty-seven ejected. penalty minutes. And Mantha had twenty-five. So and then Jimmy Howard even skated up and just joined the brawl. This, this was a full team fight. Like everyone that was on everyone the that ice was on the, the ice time, was mixed up. The benches still Wachowski. stayed in there. 
Yeah. Which is, you know, surprising, luckily. You had the – some of them is in the video you watched, like, most of the players are, like, holding each other's back. Yeah. Like, you got to hold them back. I'm pretty sure people were, like, well, poking then, sticks out. And then Mantha and uh, Hamonic or whatever – they like the door was open still to like the locker rooms, and he, they they just fell. They were right just, through, and Mantha was door. on top of them, yeah. just punching them. There's and another. Harmonic was between, bleeding pretty bad. Yeah, and he you know was skated off to the box, had a little blood on his jersey. Yeah, but I mean I don't know. So what? Honestly, what are your opinions like overall? Like of just the moral of this like fight? I don't think it was right for Detroit to pick this fight out, but if if you think that if like. If I was in that position, I felt Calgary was just being a little bit extra. You know, they were being a little extra. They were playing a little dirtier just to try to get under our skin. If I felt like they picked the fight out, yeah, this is fine. Like, go fight. But, you know, if you're getting carried off the ice, it doesn't really matter. If you're already ejected, you should you should leave. Like, I don't think it's right that uh, – what's his face? Witkowski went in for – the little Round extra two. shove, yeah. I don't. He think, literally went back on. I don't think that was ice again. I don't think that was right. Like, yeah, it's kind of like old time hockey. Like it was cool. People were talking about it on all the websites we were looking up. Oh yeah, Witkowski quoted and he said, "That's good old time hockey." And he, you know, he was also explaining how this is what people want to come out and see. I've never even heard of this guy before. I'm pretty sure he's like a fourth liner who runs out and hits people. <laughs> I've never heard of Witkowski. I've never well, seen him. Honestly, I just think it's just. You're winning the game. It's not. You go out here. You you want to take the momentum, and now you're possibly facing suspension. Not because you know the whole brawl, but just to the mere fact that you were ejected. You were on your way to the locker room. You were on the carpet walking off, and then you stopped and came back on. I said at that time when he's walking off. Yeah, he's because I was for talking sure. about this. Yeah. Well, at that time he was walking off. I don't think he was really getting suspended. Maybe just. You know, for a game or two, well, if anything, at got the furthest the discipline. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, Calgary's bench can say all they want because at the time he's ejected, he's not even a part of the game anymore. He's yeah. gone. He's done. Yeah. And so Calgary can say what they want. You can't retaliate. You have to have enough discipline to just get off the ice, get done with the night. You know, your night's over. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I kind of think, you know, I the think top. the Detroit coach should be very, like, angry with his players. And the league is probably going to have to step in at some point right here. But, I mean, that just shows lack of discipline. Like, you're gone. You're already done. Yeah. Just get off the ice and end your night. That's it. That's all that needs to be done. You don't need to come back for a round two. You don't need to prove anything else. You already won the fight. You already shoved the guy in and got a game misconduct. It's your own fault you're getting ejected. Yeah. I mean, a five-minute fighting major is going to – you're done for the game anyway. There's six minutes left. Yeah. See, this, the league is probably going to have to step in at this point. There's prob- There might be a suspension – most likely, actually, since he was pre, he had been ejected and he went, you know, he went back onto the ice to get in another fight. Well, yeah, you got like started two a ma- brawl, two game misconducts. So yeah, it's obviously it's not, it's not great for the game, but it's fun to see brawls every once in a while. It's, it's just fun to see. Not, it's just not unnecessary. This, not yeah, in not this, in this game. Yeah, where there's a six. I don't to think two you lead. can compare it with. No, uh, not time like, hockey. Yeah, not like the old Red Wings Avalanche fights, but like you know, it's. It's not necessary at this point. If it was a close game and a big rivalry, I don't know. If, if it was Detroit earlier in the game and closer, yes. Or but like or like third period and like, you know, it's a it's a close down game. Down to the wire. Yeah, down to the Six wire. Six to two. Yeah, that's not Why are you even fighting? Close. There's no point in fighting at that. I get that the guy hit the guy, gave him a little extra, 
But if anyone has the right to fight him, it's the guy who's getting hit. If he yeah, doesn't want to sure. fight for himself sure. and he's not injured, you don't need to fight. For sure. Anyway. We're going to so. move along into the Pistons in our next break. And, yeah, we're going to be talking about their previous week and the upcoming three games. So keep it here. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This public service announcement has been brought to you by WRW 91.9 FM, The Wave. Keep on riding the wave here with us at 91.9 FM, The Wave. If you have a request for us, call us up at 984-2671, extension 1836. Um, excuse me? Yeah, you can press it now. We're back. We're back. Sorry. (laughs) That was a little button there. I kind of like that. I should have pressed that when you said Mrazic should be the starter because who cares if he plays a good game? He shouldn't be a starting. Well, literally, we talked about this. He's whatever. Care. Who cares? What you know? What whatever. Gotta try to find consistency right. where you can. I'm right. You're wrong. You know. It's no, like, you gotta find consistency when you can, and I'm that's both kidding. things. I'm kidding. It's both teams with the Red Wings and the Pistons. <laughs> the Pistons need to find consistency where they can buy it. Who cares if they don't have a superstar? They just need consistency. And they're actually getting it more like more more than we've seen yeah, in a long time. The, <laughs> more consistently than the Red Wings. The Red Wings are like five hundred. They're garbage. Okay. They're just a five hundred team sitting on the line. And then the Pistons are out here dominating in the NBA, ten and four, like second in the East, I think. Yep, second in the East. They've uh, won eight of their last ten, actually. But I don't think we can judge anything. They're only two and a half games it's behind Boston. Consistency isn't. Consistency isn't something that you can judge 14 games into the season. No, but obviously they're not a bad team. No. From what we're looking at from right now. From what they were. Yeah, last year, definitely they're, they're, they're not improving. as bad as last year. But let's, uh, let's no, kick we it can't off. just judge where they're going to be. Okay, so let's kick off this section with uh, the past week. And so in the first game, they played the Hawks, and this was at home. The Hawks are 3-12, and and they ended up winning that game 111-104. to Andre Drummond uh, led the Pistons with 16 points and 20 boards. That was one of many 20 point or 20 rebound games for him. That was a it was obviously a great game from him, but this is where it was a little sketchy. And the Pistons ended up giving up a 19 point lead in the third. What? Yeah, I know. I was looking at this. They had a pretty sizable lead coming into the third. Gave it up, so that was 19 points. They ended up coming back, you know, winning the fourth quarter, which is all they really had yeah. to do. But that's still sketchy that they just gave up 19 points like that. Kent Bazemore for the Hawks ended up with 22 points, five boards, and five assists. It's just assists. the NBA. I'd say if I the Pistons, know. like, gave up a 19 po- – or not the Pistons. If the Lions did this, it'd be a bigger deal. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, what's going on? But, like, with the NBA, all you have to do is, you know, if you hit four threes in a row, that's 12 points. Yeah. True. So, I mean, it's not that bad, but still, like, in the third quarter, you know, you don't want to go down by that much, and that just kind of shows, hey, guys, uh, what what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Consistency. Exactly. Where to go. 
for next game. They played the Heat. The Heat are currently six and eight, and they won that game one twelve to one oh three. Hassan Whiteside locked up Andre. He had twenty points, twelve boards. Honestly, Hassan's a great player. And it it showed on the stat sheet because Andre Drummond ended up with eight points. Only eight points, but he still came away with seventeen rebounds because he leads the league in that. He's one of the best rebounders in the league right yeah. now. And that's good for the Pistons. Yeah. Especially like offensive boards because the Pistons don't have a star, you know, a knock knockdown shooter. No. They got and see this is where Avery Bradley, I mean, has been scoring a ton, but he's not he's not a player that you see in the three point contest. Obviously, no. He's like he's a three and D kind of a player, but this not, not known for his offense. Yeah, he's always been known for D. Yeah, defense. But you can uh, obviously what we're looking at where Drummond lacks when he score when when he doesn't score much. Avery Bradley came away with twenty four points that game, and Tobias Harris, you know, he led the stat sheet with twenty five points. So, you know, they don't always need Andre to score. And when he's locking up the rebounds and playing good defense in the paint, Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley are coming down the paint and scoring almost every time. They're playing good. Yeah, that's good. That was a good win. You know, yeah, it's good that the Pistons are playing well because at least one Detroit's working out, one Detroit sport's working out for us. I mean, aside from the Lions, if you want to count them. But – they're doing they're doing well. They're playing well as a team, and it's not centered around one person, which I think can be a strength in a way. You know, you don't have that superstar, but then, again, if you have more of a team effort, I think that can be a positive in a way. You know, hey, we don't need a superstar on the team. No, honestly. So I think the Pistons are doing well. You know, what who was who was the bad boys' superstar? No Isaiah one. Thomas. I mean, there was two players: Ben Wallace, Isaiah Thomas, who were like ben really Wallace, good. What are you? Ben Wallace. The bad boys. Ben Wallace. Yep. Ben Wallace played in 2004. Well, bad boys oh continued. Oh, my goodness. I thought he played. <laughs> no. That was, um, uh, uh, what's his face? Bill Lambeer. Oh, well, yeah, Lambeer. Bill Lambeer. Wasn't he power forward? Yeah. He was not, it was not Ben Wallace. <laughs> was their center? Bill Lambeer. I don't know. It was two. He was not a center. Kurt Rambis. I don't. <laughs> it was not Ben Wallace. Okay, whatever. See, this is the thing. <laughs> oh, my God. This further proves my point. I might be dumb and not know any history about the Pistons, but the thing is they don't have a superstar on the bad boys That's team. True. That, well, except for Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. But, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was good, but, I mean, he was never a guy who's going to drop you know, 50, 60 points. Yeah, because they didn't, they didn't need him to score those 50, 60 no, points. No, they played really good, played defense, good defense as a that team. Was, that's how they did it. And they were scrappy, that's and impressive. they were, you know, it's we always refer to the bad boys here in Michigan because it's the last time the Pistons won something. Except for 2004 with, when they won the championship with Rip Hamilton. And they were still, you know, not the greatest, but they were like, you know, they were still the – the Pistons mentality, you they know. They played good D. It, yeah. Defense is, the D, is Detroit's main. That's how they win. That's how they've won in the past is pure defense. And it's impressive to do that. And it's, it's like great. Detroit's never had, you know, a great, amazing superstar that led the league in everything. You know, they had, like, Ben Wallace, the big guy. They had Isaiah Thomas, yeah, the point guard. Yeah. But, like, 
you know, they've never had that all around, you know, small forward, the most popular position in the NBA now, either point guard or small forward, where they just dominate in literally everything. You know, you got people like LeBron who triple doubles every game. Russell Westbrook, triple doubles. You got Ante DeCumpo, triple doubles, 30 points a game. Kawhi Leonard's getting leading the league in blocks, leading the league in steals. You know, he's out right now. But the thing is, you got all these guys that are doing, you know, multi-purpose everything, the Warriors. But Yeah, they have everything. It's just the Pistons are just, you know, as a team. They're just, you know, doing it all as a team. They don't need that, you know, one player that's doing it all. And that's what the Pistons have always done. And I think that's why the Pistons are doing, you know, better this year is because Van Gundy finally has – like he's established a team as a coach as a coach you can't just come in and say okay give me a year and now I'll make this team a playoff team no the Pistons were one of the worst teams when Van Gundy took over and now they're actually contending in the east took over they they made the playoffs that season even though it was only eight seed even though they got swept was the east took over yeah they took over and it worked out obviously I don't agree with everything Stan Van Gundy's done with the team no, but, but like, he's built his he's organization. Do, he's doing what he needs to do, and it's working for them right now. That's what matters. Yeah, he's he actually has the vision of he what cares. he wants. He cares about the team. He's actually going to work to make them better, unlike you know past coaches that we've had. But I think we're doing good. We got there's no super big name players. We got people like Reggie Jackson. You know, he was. I always am, I'm always going to see him as backup point guard, but he's our starter. We got a good bench point guard with Ish Smith. You know, you got promising players like Drummond and Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson. They're just playing well. They're doing good. Anyway, though, they played the Bucks. I think last night. Uh, the Bucks were eight and six. They they ended up actually losing the game, ninety nine to ninety four. This ended the Pistons' five game win streak. Andre Drummond finished with thirteen points, seventeen rebounds, and Giannis scored twenty one points with Chris Middleton scoring twenty eight points, eight assists, and six rebounds. So next three, we got the Pacers. They're seven and eight. Timberwolves nine and five, and the Cavs, who are eight and seven, which is not not too hot. Anyway, though, for the team stats with the Pistons, they're ten and four overall, second in the East. They're only two and a half games behind Boston. They've won eight of their last ten, and so far, Detroit's off to a pretty good start. We talked about that. We brought it up. It's good though. Uh, points leaders: Tobias Harris. He's got nineteen point six assists. Leader: Reggie Jackson. 5.8, not too good, but, you know, he's averaging 15 points as well. And Andre Drummond still leads the league in rebounds with 15.8 and 13.6 points per game. He doesn't lead in that, but. And we also had that fluke. It was almost a fluke where he was leading the league in steals for a while. That's definitely yeah, slowed gone. down. Yeah, he's like 20th now or something. Oh, well, whatever. So we're going to do some game breakdowns, actually, for the next couple games. Um, they're, they'll be playing the Pacers, who are 7-8 overall. Tenth in the East, they were actually like third at one point, but you know they lost that. They're six games behind Boston, and they're 500 in their last ten. They're not doing so hot, not so bad, but you know. Yeah. They Detroit won their last matchup, 114 to 97. You know, I don't think the Pacers are that scary of a team. I think they should be able to handle it. Yeah, um, I don't know. The Pacers have you know some good players, but I don't think they have enough to make a complete team. And I would say the same exact thing if I wasn't a Pistons fan. I looked at the Pistons and saw their team, and I'd be like, I don't even know how the Pistons are 10-4 and four because yeah. who do they have? No one. But 
it's just the Pistons are making it work and some other teams aren't making it work. And what I think, you know, is going to happen is that the Pistons, you know, they might, you know, do well this season, but I think come playoff time, you know, it's just going to – that's not going to work anymore. It's going to come down to experience in the playoffs. We don't have it's a lot not of players as much, with anything. It's not as much of experience as it just is, you know, like players. It, I don't think it's all about experience. It's just about, you know, how good your players actually are, in experience or no experience. or, I mean, it's still about the same game. I'd say basketball is the least changing game in the playoffs besides maybe baseball but i mean it's just it's just how good your players are and i think the pistons are okay but when well, no, you're leading is... when your leading point score is 19.6 with tobias harris i mean in the league today that's not even above 20 that's not that's nowhere near he wouldn't be top 10 yeah i don't think it's about players in my opinion i think it's still about experience and just if you can be clutch because playoffs it's all about being in the clutch the raptors were like first in the league last year going into the playoffs and they had two of the best like the best duo in the league with kyle lowry and demar Derozan, both averaging 20 plus points per game great players but come playoff time almost neither of them could combine for more than 20 points they were they hit a slouch yeah well that's that's the playoff slouch for them they can't score in the playoffs and that kills the Raptors. It's not about skill because DeMar DeRozan is a very skilled player. But come playoff time, he'll shoot three for 15 every game just because he doesn't have yeah, enough experience think, and he's not good enough in the playoffs. I think you're just taking me the wrong way. And it's like saying – I'm not saying, like, you know, overall skill, but I think you're the step above where I am. And what I'm saying by that is first you have to get the talent. First, you have to get great players yeah. who you know are great all year round. Then you can worry about experience because once Kyle Lowry and DeMar Rosen say they start making the playoffs, you know, on any team, say they keep making the playoffs, they're going to learn how to, you know, do well, have experience. But you have to be good to even get to the playoffs in the first place. Yeah. So, I mean, the Pistons can be a Cinderella team like they really are right now. But the thing is, come playoff time, it's just going to be how good are you? And I don't think the Pistons are that great. I think there's one player that's, like, pretty pretty good and could perform, which in Drummond. Yeah. But not – they don't have a scorer. That's what Detroit doesn't have. Drummond's not going to put up – you know, you can't guarantee he, 20 out of him. He can you barely can't put guarantee up 20. 20 any, out of anyone because Tobias Harris isn't even averaging 20. So it's not like we can expect anyone to score on a nightly basis. No. And you, it's you know, it's just the Pistons. They're just with time, they'll probably get better. So far, they're doing pretty good. And you know, every all the time we've spent on Drummond is starting to pay off. He's not honestly a bad to me. The Pistons are just you know a boring team. They're They've boring just team been the class. same. It's just been Andre Drummond for the past what seven years? Like four, whatever. Yeah, but it's just it's I been Drummond. You it's been I, you know Drummond's it. been are you know so to speak superstar but he's just a big man who rebounds that's That's what i like to see i I mean i like it but i don't like it as a superstar yeah we need Uh, the face of our organization doesn't need to be andre drummond we need to score anyway back to the game breakdowns the pacers uh i think they have uh, i don't know victor oladipo and al jefferson they're not it just it just depends on how detroit plays i think they'll lose 
I, just, I think they're going to win. I can literally see them going almost 3-0. and I, just I don't think, see them going. I just think consistency is going to hit us sooner or later. And it's just going to be, you know, it's just our players are going to show with time. Andre Drummond needs to. show their actual skill. If Andre Drummond can stay consistent this entire season and we can have players averaging at least like 15 points apiece, like our main players, I think we'll be fine for the rest of the season. But I don't think we're going to be nowhere near, you know, the 10 and 4 we are right now. No, obviously no. But I still think we're a top five team in the East. Well, yeah. That's That's for sure. That's not saying, you know, a lot right now. Well, we're second in the well, yeah, I'm just we're, saying the East. A lot of teams. Just saying, hey, I'm blah blah in the East. We're is number like, four. Okay. The, we're number four in the league right now. Win I mean, percentage that's wise, that's number four. But the West is always dominated. Yeah, but actually, the Celtics are ahead of all the teams. Now. Oh yeah, the Celtics—they've been playing really great. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, though, T Wolves—they have—they're nine and five overall. I didn't really see this coming, but uh, they're third in the West. They're only two games behind Golden State. They've. They're, they've won seven of their last ten, and Detroit actually won their last meeting at home. That was one twenty-two to one hundred or one hundred one. This is actually this was fun to think about because in that game they ended up scoring forty points in the second quarter, like not forty total points, like between two quarters, literally forty points in the second quarter. So they had like sixty points by halftime. Uh, Tobias Harris scored thirty-four points that game. Andre Drummond fifteen and fifteen, and you know Towns had a great game. He's definitely your player to watch. Andrew Wiggins is obviously good. Jimmy Butler obviously knows what he's doing as well. But Carl Anthony Towns is like a rising star in the league. He's great. He's a great player on that team. He's averaging 21.5 points per game, and he has 11.6 rebounds per game. So he's obviously the person to watch. He'll be probably matched up with Andre Drummond, I would expect. I would hope. Uh, I'm going to say the Pistons lose again. I'm going to say they win. Um, Because... Nah. I just think the T-Wolves are just young. They can run the floor. They're just an overall younger team than the Pistons. They're just going to play a faster pace. They're just going to win the transition game. Simple as that. Then they'll lose to the Cavs. 0-3 Pistons, 10-7. and Your Detroit Pistons, consistency. I mean, the Cavs aren't as good. 8-7 and this year, you know, you expect the Cavs to always be the number one seed, you know, the huge super team. But this year, you know, hey, not that great. Ninth in the East right now. Currently on three-game win streak, though. 500 in their last 10 be their first matchup with Detroit this season matched up in the first round of the playoffs last year as we all know they beat Detroit for nothing in the sweep Oops. as they swept you know every almost team everything yeah. except for like the last and they've like, been a little off during the season due to injuries but new additions are definitely you know not a pushover the key matchups LeBron on Avery or Tobias whoever it is LeBron's you know averaging amazing stats 28 points 8 assists 7 rebounds and then Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, uh, you know, Andre's stats, 15 rebounds a game, and Love has 10 rebounds. I obviously think Andre can out-rebound him. Well, of course. The only issue for Andre here is going to be guarding Kevin's perimeter sh- that's, or shooting. That's just where the Pistons lack. I definitely think the Pistons will lose the game off the bench, too, because when the Pistons need to rotate players, they just don't have enough skill to keep up with the Cavs. Well, that's the thing. The and Cavs have, like, a slower bench, like, what we're seeing right now, I see like Dwayne Wade sitting on the bench, who's got two knee injuries. Yeah, and but it's just none the Cavs. Of them the, the Cavs are just you know they're just a good team that you know they're just. I think they just beat the Pistons. You know, just based off matchups, and there's just I don't think we can just keep up. I still think the Pistons are going to win this game. I'm not just being biased. I think they can win this game. You're being. Toe biased. 
Okay, which one's the boo button? <laughs> I think it's F6. <laughs> I still think the Pistons are going 0-3. I'm just going to say 3-0. I feel like I know that's pushing it because I don't think th- – I think they will lose to one of these teams, but I do think they have a chance to win all three games. So I'm going to hold them to it. And they have a chance to lose all three. They do. That's what I'm going with. So I'm going to hold them to the 3-0, I, th- I believe, in the Pistons. All right. Well, we'll see who's closer next week. I should definitely write this down somewhere so that I can call you out on it. Write it on the paper. Okay. Please. Because I'll bet you the Pistons are not going to win because there's no way. Someone I mean, broke. the Pistons are good, but there's no way they can keep it up. I mean, they're playing great teams these yeah, next three time. games. So that's what I have to say. Next up is the, um, the Lions. Consistent. The um, borderline consistent Lions. Consistent. I'm going to name the show Consistency Team Detroit. Yay. Kudos to the Consistency where no there's no consistency there's there's literally no consistency in detroit's economy either (laughs) yeah we're just a mess yep all right detroit get your stuff together at least we'll be consistent and we're going on another break we're going to consistently have something to talk about if you guys every thursday just keep it here see you later This hour of listening is brought to you by Chili Peppers Tanning. Located at 4132 24th Avenue in Fort Gratiot, Michigan, Chili Pepper Tanning's motto says it all. They have the hottest bulbs, the hottest deals, and the darkest tans. If you would like to call Chili Peppers Tanning, you can call them at 810-385-0300. And if you or your business would like to underwrite our station, you can contact us at 984-2671, extension 1836. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing the educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This public service announcement has been brought to you by WRW 91.9 FM, The Wave. Keep rocking out with us here at 91.9 FM, The Wave, for today's hottest hits. Hello. Yeah, that last little guitar plug killed me. Oh, my gosh. My ear hurts. We're talking lions. We're talking. Guess, guess the topic. Boom. Consistency. Wow, it's been a main theme here in Detroit. Like always. Garbage. Trash. Literal trash. Detroit's consistency is terrible. And it's basically, I could just say we're talking about a negative. As always. Anyway, the Lions played the Browns. And the Browns suck. That's the the nicest way to put it. The Browns suck. (sighs) And they're 0-8. Who knows? 
this would be the one team they could beat. And, and the Lions started just out about. slow. They almost did. The first drive, the Lions had a grand total of negative 13 yards, Yay. and they punted right off the bat. Cleveland drove down to kick a field goal. Then Detroit got the ball back, and after Stafford's first completion of the game to the offense, he threw his first complete pass to the defense. After a turnover, Cleveland would score after being set up with great field position because of the turnover. Lions, so, yeah, at that point it was 10 to nothing. Cleveland. <laughs> what? Lions worked it back to 10-10 to 10 early in the second quarter, and later in the quarter, Cleveland fumbled, and Detroit scooped it up for the score, giving Detroit the first lead of the game, 17-10. to 10. What a game. I still don't think Cleveland's led at halftime yet, so at least we kept that streak going. Cleveland marched down the field, starting with 3.55 left in the half, and stalled on the two-yard line after the Lions <laughs> stayed down and delayed the play as much as possible, and Cleveland couldn't get the snap off. Cleveland got the ball back to start the second half and scored tying the game 17 to 17. Cleveland regained the lead, but not for long as Detroit scored four minutes in or four minutes after Cleveland scored, making it 24 to 24. From here, Detroit realized why is Cleveland in this game and they're 0 and 8. I think everyone realized why is Cleveland in this game. No, I think the fans didn't realize it. I we, think they we were knew panicking it coming the in. whole time. I'm I was personally scared. I was at I was at the Prowlers game in town, and I get a Snapchat from Joey. He was like. Uh, the Lions are going to lose. And I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, no. He's like, check the score. I checked it. It was like 10-3. to 3. I was like, oh, Lord. There's the Lions. So, yeah, 24-24. The Lions scored again. Forced Cleveland to punt twice. Cleveland was trying to stop Detroit, but Detroit threw a ball to Golden Tate. And after a few broken tackles, he scored to make it 38-24. to 24. Cleveland drove down the field but threw an interception to practically end the game. Lions got the ball back, took a knee, and that was ball game. Thirty-eight to twenty-four, Lions. Um, let's just start with the first question: Why didn't the Lions crush Cleveland like we predicted? Uh, what they yeah, do? Uh, their defense. Um, their defense was the main thing that was just like what in this game. I think Cleveland had a total total yards of four hundred and twenty-three, more than the Lions. It was just, I think, in the end, it was you know the turnovers that killed them, and. It was just the Lions' defense ultimately just giving up tons of yards on the ground, 201, you know, Sucked. giving up Cleveland's Cleveland's young quarterbacks actually kind of steamrolled us at times. And what else is there to say? It just sucked. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what was going on. The Lions' defense has been really good, and then they play a bad game to, you know, the worst team. At least we came out with the W, but still – that was terrifying. I'm actually pretty sure. And so for our next question, I'm pretty sure we brought this up last time, but will Cleveland break Detroit's record of the 0-16 season? Okay, so we already know. We already know San Francisco's out. They're on San Francisco's out. 0-9. They won against the 1-7 Giants. They're 1-9 now wow. instead of 0-9. Darn. We couldn't have two teams tie our record this year. That would have been cool. Well, just kidding. That's, like, impossible. But um, will Cleveland break their record? The next schedule, at the 3-6 and six Bengals, at the 3-6 and six Chargers, at home against the 5-4 and four Packers, another home game against the 4-5 and five Ravens, at the 3-6 and six Bears, and at the 7-2 and two Steelers. This will, if they lose all those games, I would say that's probably the most embarrassing thing possible because these I say, teams aren't that good. Um, the, the only way... They can win. <laughs> the two games that Cleveland can win would be Chargers. the Bengals and the Ravens. 
The char- yeah, possibly the Chargers too, because the, the Chargers just took a quarterback injury. Yeah, who knows when Philip Rivers will be back? The Bengals. See, the problem with the Bengals and the Ravens are their division games for Cleveland, so both teams don't want to lose. Well, and they're well, obviously there's one team that's superior, and it's at, not the Browns. Well, the Browns are superior at losing, as we can see, but I don't, I don't know how that's going to go. And I think we the Lions end up breaking Deshaun Kaiser something Great. in his chest. Great. Because he was, like, injured in, like, the fourth, but he came out for the final drive and threw that pick. And he just – I feel bad. I mean, I feel <laughs> bad enough bad. that I'm a Detroit fan. <laughs> he came back and threw a pick. I feel bad enough <laughs> that I'm a Detroit fan because we haven't won anything in a long time. But – being a Cleveland fan, I mean, literally, you, are you going to the Browns game? Nope, going to the Cavs game. Are you, are you going to the Browns game? Nope. I'd rather just go shopping. I'd rather go to the store. Yeah, rather I'd rather stay do, home. I'd rather just – Cleveland churches are probably just extending church to afternoon. Just afternoon so that they don't even have to – Just so that they don't even have to watch the game. I mean, I feel so bad for Browns fans. It's been like – Five seasons of just five wins, probably. It's been an eternity of just losing. Of just, they have this, there's this Cleveland's infamous jersey of all the quarterbacks that, I don't know, haven't made it to the playoffs. It's a list of 23 quarterbacks and counting. They've went through so many. Like, and that's like, in the past, like, 12 years, maybe? It's like a curse curse of the browns and it's just they're about to add more quarterbacks on there with the sean kaiser and uh his buddy that stepped in and played like garbage (laughs) i don't even know i don't even know who it was it doesn't matter because he played like garbage we're gonna move on and the lions are at chicago at 1 p.m this coming sunday the bears don't have a lot but the bears are a division rival Bears just lost to the Packers, and the Lions beat the Packers the previous week, so it looks like the Lions should have a win in the bag. Honestly, the Lions should win out of the rest of their schedule as well. Yeah, they should. They have It's opposite from last year. They have an easy schedule, whereas they had a hard schedule last year towards the end of the season. So the, the remaining schedule on Thanksgiving Day game, we won't be here, but you'll be tuned into the Lions game at home against the Vikings. The seven and two Vikings, just how else could you ask for a better Thanksgiving Day game? The top two teams in the NFC North going against each other: the Vikings at seven and fun. two, the Lions at uh, five and four. And I think I don't know. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it'll be you know it'll be a great game. Um, talk about that later. And they're at the Ravens four and five at the three and six Bucks. Against the three and six Bears at home, at the three and six Bengals, and against the Patriot or the the Packers, sorry, um, at home, five and four is the Packers' record. But um, I think as long as Detroit plays better defense, they should have this in a bag. Another young quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky that they're going against, Jordan Howard can tear it up on the on the ground. I'll say Jordan Howard has himself a day. Runs for over a hundred yards, two touchdowns. But I say Detroit wins 27 to 17. I'll go 30 to 10. <laughs> I believe in him. I mean, that's pretty bold. 30 to 10. I can pull it off. 
They have it in the bag. I don't think the Bears' defense is that amazing. Well, but, I mean, the Lions' defense hasn't proved that they're, you know, the defense that they were a few weeks ago. Of course, it's consistency here. Um, so what what would you say are the keys to success in against this Bears team? Good defense. Don't turn the ball over. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Okay, that's that's honestly probably the best tip <laughs> that we <laughs> could give any Detroit team. Don't be stupid. You could say that to the Pistons before they make their playoff run. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid and lose every single game. No, and that's that's the thing. Don't turn the ball over. That's a big thing. We didn't do that much against Cleveland, so that's at least a positive. And defense has just got to improve. Giving up 400 yards against Cleveland team is you're pretty, you know, shaky. So, you know, stop the run. Uh, let's stop, uh, you know, the game through the air. I mean, getting turnovers, you know, picking off Kaiser for that last. And to kind of end the game there, that was a positive. But I definitely think the Lions defense has the potential to be better. And, you know, they need to play. They need to play good for them to win. No matter what opponent it is, it might be the disappointing Bears, but you still got to play good, especially against a division team. And then the Minnesota Vikings, the game on Thanksgiving, that is the game for me. If the Lions lose this game, they don't win the division. If the Lions win the game, they win the division. And so, I mean, it's obvious that if the Lions win the game, they own the tiebreaker. They'll be 2-0 and against the Vikings this season. But the thing is, if the Lions win this game, they automatically in, like increase their chances because then the Lions will only be one game back and own the tiebreaker to win the division. It's always been said that it's harder to get into a wild card spot, which it is. And so if the Lions beat the Vikings, they have a great chance at making the playoffs, no matter if they make the wild card, no matter if they win the division, whatever. But the thing is, if the Lions lose... They push themselves even farther back from the Vikings. Just another loss that isn't going, you know, for your wild card spot. And it's that's just, you know, that's it. You know, I think that's just it for the Lions. I mean, they could easily win or lose, you know, against the Ravens, against the Bucks, which are, you know, all these 500 teams in the league are hit or miss. You wouldn't expect some of these teams to be, you know, three and six with some of the ways they played if you looked at you know, the games that they won. But, you know, the Lions need to almost win out the rest of the season, and they need to beat the Vikings to at least have a chance. And if they beat the Vikings, they can only afford one loss, I'm saying. Even if if they lose to the Vikings, they have to win out to have a shot, I think. Yeah. If they lose to the Vikings, they need to win out. But if they beat the Vikings, I think they can afford one loss. You definitely don't want to see that. Because the Lions should win all these games. They should beat these teams. I mean, the Ravens are beat up. Same with the Bucks; They're beat up. The Bears are a team that's just subpar all year and just a young team that isn't that great. The Bengals are pretty beat up and just playing an offseason is basically what you can say. Yep. Then the Packers have don't have Aaron Rodgers. So it's not – they're not the same Packers team that they are. So we can take them, I personally think. But – Last week's stats, I'll kind of throw it back to the game. Um, Detroit gave Cleveland three first downs from penalties on third down, so that's not what you want to see. 
kind of like old typical Detroit. They've been doing, you know, a little better. But, I mean, that's not good. You don't want to give them any free yards. Now, the Lions had 104 rushing yards, but Cleveland had 201. Not a great stat for our defense. But, hey, our offense, 100 yards rushing is 100 yards rushing. We'll take what we can get here in Detroit. Our run game is really bad. Cleveland was 3-6 and six in the red zone, whereas the Lions were 2-2. Two and two. Again, throwing it back to the Steelers game. We'll take what we can get in the red zone because it's been shown that we can't punch it in. Cleveland had two turnovers to the Lions, one interception thrown. So, again, winning the turnover battle. And Detroit had two defensive slash special teams touchdown touchdowns, which can change a game. And that's always good. Detroit had the one fumble recovery for a touchdown that shifted the game and gave Detroit the first lead. Um, but going back to that little incident there, at the end of the first half against Cleveland, yeah, I saw that, and uh, Detroit players, you know, you you tell your guys act like act lazy is what you tell them, so they just kind of lay there, they lay on the offensive line players, but like, oh my gosh, if you look up the video, if you just type in like Detroit versus Cleveland, the end of the half, say, or type in something like that, you'll find it, and. I like the Cleveland coach is just crazy, just screaming, and I would be too. I personally think that's a delay game. Uh, I mean, the Detroit players were obviously, you know, kind of holding down the Cleveland players, not just letting them get up. You know, they you want to be as yeah. slow, yeah. But they but were just kind of laying on their legs. Like it was a little impossible over the to top. get off them. Yeah, it was a little over the top. So personally, I think that would have been a penalty. I personally think Cleveland should have got some points out of that drive. And I mean, I'm not rooting for Cleveland in any way but I just think that was a little outrageous because it was either 12 or 16 seconds that the Browns had the, the clock is stopped until the refs set the ball down the refs hadn't set the ball down yet and they could have kept going they had it was either 12 or 16 they had a little more time to get up they easily could have got that snap off I think all Kaiser wanted to do was just spike the ball and get the field goal at the point yeah. and they just couldn't even do that and so that's where I kind of think, you know, it's a little outrageous. Finish it off. We'll do the well, typical kudos. weekly. Kudos of the, the week, day. I don't even know what you say. Okay. I th- I'm pretty sure I say day, but I don't know. This is the kudos of the day. Sure, it's day. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's week. basically week. Anyway, though, my kudos ah. of the day, Joel Embiid. What? Big game. It's so random. No, dude, big game. Did you even hear about his game no, last night? I didn't, and I didn't hear about him on points, a whole thing. 15 rebounds, 7 assists, 7 blocks. He was 3 blocks oh and gosh. 3 assists away from a quadruple double. Okay. Crazy. Yes, kudos to the week. Okay. Good play. I said okay. He's a great player. I, I think that's really impressive. If I was going to give something for Detroit, I'd give it to, like, Avery Bradley. Big numbers. I was going to say. I He's, thought you were going to say Mrazic just to tick me off. Yeah, no. Anyway, we won't Thank catch you. us next Thursday. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. But you'll catch us two weeks from now. Tune in three to four on Thursdays. Peace out.